Welcome to the Launch Your Live podcast, a show dedicated to providing you with daily, top-level, live video tips, tricks, and strategies to not only help you start, but also excel at live streaming. Here are your hosts, Christian Karashevitz and Jim Fuse. Welcome, welcome everyone to the Launch Your Live Show podcast, where our goal is to help you not only build a quality live video show, but also to become more confident on camera. So my name is Christian Karasevich, and I'm joined by Jim Fuse. Jim, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Christian. Great to be here. Excited to be doing another fun episode. And today, we're going to talk to people about live streaming etiquette. So many people don't think about that their behaviors on camera affect whether or not people are going to come back and continue to watch you. And not only that, it also impacts whether or not guests are going to want to be on your show. Because if they don't feel like you treat your guests well, they're not going to be knocking at your door. So last week, we talked about how to overcome the fear of being on camera. For those of you who missed that episode, it's available at launchyour.live forward slash EP6. But today, Jim, what topic are we going to talk about? Well, we're talking about etiquette. And and when we think of etiquette, it's not just what happens on camera when the button has been pushed, but also some of those things that you want to do beforehand in order to make sure that you're making the best quality stream and show that you can make. So Christian, tell us tell us a little bit of what you think and and get us started on what are some of these steps that people need to take. So, you know, it's not just about having a live show that is full of just so much material. There's a lot that goes into building a quality live stream, you know, and it starts with things such as your audio and your video and your lighting and having good internet. But there's a lot of other things that we need to make sure we pay attention to, you know, and uh, one of those I want to start with is the importance of wearing headphones. So, you know, depending on whether you're using a mobile device or if you're broadcasting from a laptop, which we always recommend you do either use a laptop or a desktop wearing headphones, it's extremely important. And part of the reason is this, A, it helps you minimize all the distractions, but B, if you're using, for example, an external microphone and a pair of headphones, you can actually hear yourself talking. You can hear everyone else. It helps isolate all of that sound. Uh, I think that that's really important. But now the other thing that also is important with wearing headphones is because of where you might be broadcasting your live show from. Now, Jim, I know most of the time we're doing ours from a dedicated studio, but if somebody's not wearing headphones, for example, and they're just using that computer speaker or that phone speaker, you know, you are going to get a lot of extra noise that's being picked up. It might be, for example, if you're in a coffee shop, other people talking, it could be, you know, something gets knocked over. So like your headphones and your uh, microphone, they can actually usually filter out a lot of this to help clean up your live stream. In fact, that's that's a really great point because sometimes if you're going to be doing something outside, and, and I've even done this uh, just recording video in general, uh-huh. a really good lapel mic can actually help people 
get rid of a lot of the sound that's going on around them because a lot of times they have a pop filter on that mic and it'll help keep that basically to the voice of the person talking. So that's definitely something to think of when you're walking out or doing stuff outside around a lot of people and also microphone types, which we'll talk about in a future episode, Definitely, how different wavelengths affect what gets picked up. So I like that you mentioned that, you know, microphones, they're so important. It's not just about buying a cheap microphone. So for example, yes, I could buy a $20 microphone, but you're going to get $20 audio quality. We'll talk about that in a future episode, but I do want to talk about headphones real quick before we move on to the next uh, tip for live streaming etiquette. And, you know, there are lots of different types of headphones you can use. For example, I'm using a pair of Bose headphones right now. Uh, you can also use, for example, your Apple EarPods if you have those. Those are the wired ones. Jim, I know you've got some over-the-ear cans there. What kind do you use? I'm using some Tascam uh, DH03s. So fantastic headphones as well. You know, key part about headphones is this. If you go with the cheap headphones, and I say cheap meaning like a pair you picked up on an airplane or maybe you bought an inexpensive mobile video kit, you know, yes, you're going to get a pair of headphones, but you're going to notice the difference. The audio, for example, if you have a really good microphone and you pair it with crappy headphones, you're going to notice a difference there. Your microphone's not going to sound as good. It's, it'll sound better, but it won't sound great through those headphones. Now, in addition to that, though, the other reason why you want to make sure you go with some good headphones is when you are doing a live video show, you're going to have a lot of wires everywhere, unfortunately. And if you go with the cheap headphones, oftentimes the wires have, they're, they're, uh, they're wrapped very poorly. So they can actually cause a lot of interference with your signal as well. So uh, definitely make sure you invest in a good pair of headphones, you know, and get something that's also comfortable. So for example, if you're doing a, and again, this is a live video show, but if you're recording, say, a podcast, you want some headphones that are comfortable on your head for long stretches. The same thing goes for live video. Make sure you have a pair of headphones on and you know that they do sound really good. Um, any other types of headphones you would recommend, Jim? No, I think I think you've hit really on the on the key points and and just the danger of having the Bluetooth uh, headphones because you know, you may lose connection and you may have a hard time hearing what's going on. And so if it's best, if you can be wired, I know the technology mm -hmm. will evolve. Maybe eventually that'll be better, but I think, you know, that's a great point about the wired headphones. Yeah. And uh, by the way, to your point about Bluetooth headphones as well, you know, oftentimes if you're doing live video, Bluetooth headphones don't usually work for live video. You know, if you're doing like say a Facebook live using the native Facebook platform, Facebook doesn't support Bluetooth headphones. So you know, if you think like, hey, my audio doesn't sound very good, it's because it's not because your headphones aren't working or the microphone. It's actually because they're not actually connected to your live video. Uh, so you do have to keep that in mind. Um, and again, you know, as you mentioned, like, yeah, make sure you try to go with a plug in pair of headphones if you can. Um, again, Bluetooth headphones. I mean, they're great because, hey, they're wireless and you can move around. But you have to keep in mind that the audio quality is typically going to be a poorer quality than a wired pair of headphones. So don't ditch those wired headphones just yet. Okay, so obviously start with a pair of headphones. So what's next, Jim, in terms of live video etiquette? 
So let's think about our background. So what do we have behind us? Because that is going to impact your viewers. If you don't have some sort of solid background, or even if you want to be in your office, if things are too busy behind you, it's going to distract your viewers. They're not going to be focused on you, which is what you want. You want them focused on you. You want them focused on your guest. So think about these things. And I know there's a lot of talk these days, and it's another thing we'll be talking on a future episode with green screens, but you really have to know what you're doing if you're going to go with a green screen, not to mention the extra resources that doing a proper green screen is going to require. So yeah, so backgrounds are really important, and there's lots of different ways that you can spruce up your background. You know, we've talked about this before, but you can add a step and repeat. This is basically where you have your logo, your website URL. In Jim's case, Jim, you're using what right now for your background? I have I have a vinyl brick wall that I actually ordered off of Amazon for about fifteen dollars. You can get a bigger one for a little bit more. And one of the good things about it being vinyl, not paper, is it it's a little bit more resilient. It actually seems to absorb the lighting better than, and that's the other thing you have to think about. So these are backgrounds that are meant for photographers, and they basically put them up on uh, clips and everything else. So you know, it can help you turn an ugly wall into something that uh, looks a lot better. You can get something that's to your point. You can get branded, and uh, it just makes it. It goes back to consistency. So, yeah, I think that's really important. I mean, you can get a physical background. You can go the route of a green screen. You know, one other little tip that I want to share with the background is this. You can easily, if you've got a lot of stuff on your desk or a lot of things behind you, you can throw up that background and poof, everything is behind it. You know, another little neat little trick, actually, is you can take a background, you can put some wheels on it. And instead of having to decide between, do I go with a branded option or do I go with a green screen? I can actually put it on wheels and rotate it. So this way, for example, if I want a green screen for certain things, I don't have to constantly take it up and down because green screens work great when they are ironed and when there aren't any shadows on them. Uh, so that, that's a, a good way to give you some options for your background. Now, another thing you can also do is just simply straighten up what all is behind you. Uh, because again, I mean, if you're doing a live video show, you want to make sure your background is not distracting. So if there, if it looks, for example, like, Hey, I'm in a basement, for example, you know, and there's just a whole bunch of stuff around me, you have to be comfortable being on camera, but also, you know, be comfortable with, you know, just being able to move around in your studio. So, Definitely keep that in mind, but uh, yeah, definitely going with a background. Uh, that is also very important. Uh, what's next, Jim, as far as live video etiquette? Make sure you have good lighting. Lighting is, is so important because if you don't understand the impact of your lighting, it can either make you look very dark and hard for people to see you. It can cause a lot of shadows. And so the more light you have, the better. But then you also have to be careful about going too far and basically washing yourself out. That's another danger of having too much lighting is that you will you know, make yourself wash out. So you want to find a good balance there. Definitely. And there are lots of different types of lights that you can use. So, for example, uh, you know, you also you want to make sure you light your room as well. So, 
you know, if you've ever watched a movie or a TV show, the way that these are often filmed is people have lots of different types of lights and they're basically lighting the entire area. And they do these in a soundstage usually because they try to take all the other elements, the distractions and whatnot, which we'll get to here in a second, but they try to take all of that out of the equation. Now, as far as your lighting goes, there's lots of different types of lights that you can use. Uh, for example, you might have just a basic overhead and light in your office, you know, uh, that will give you, you know, a decent amount of light, but it will not give you a full, uh, lighting within the room. You know, there are lots of different options for lighting. Jim, what are some of your favorite types of lights to go with? Well, I really like led lights. You've got ring lights, you've got some box lights because one, they don't get too hot. Mm -hmm. You know, right. they, they don't get hot at all. And you don't want to end up sweating because you've got these hot, heavy lights uh, that are brightening everything up but now people can start to see you perspire and you know that's uh, unless you're going to have a makeup artist and everything else is really I don't think you want to go that route no definitely and uh, another thing that also is really important with lighting you know and like you said there's lots of different types that people can use for their live video they can use a ring light which is basically if you go to any sort of makeup store, like maybe a Sephora, they have ring lights basically set up there because they use them for makeup. It's ideal for lighting a person's face. Uh, those are fantastic. You can also attach your mobile device to them. Uh, we use uh, one from, I use one from Luvo, but there's also from, there's ones called Newer and whatnot. We'll make sure we put the links to those in the show notes, uh, but that's the ring light. You can go with a softbox which basically, as you mentioned, it helps minimize the amount. I mean, lights get hot. So, you know, when you put them in a closed space, your space is going to get hot, but they minimize the amount of light. It helps you diffuse the light basically so it's not as harsh, but it does mean you need more of them if you go with the softbox option. Um, so another thing, though, that helps to have, like when you have proper lighting, is that it actually will help your live video broadcast and it's not just because, oh, great, like everybody's looks great on camera. For example, Jim, you look fantastic right now because you've got, you know, a, a lot of good lighting. But it helps the broadcast because if you're using a webcam, for example, if you're using an external webcam like we use, the Logitech Brio, it actually helps that webcam operate better because it doesn't have to struggle with trying to figure out well, is that a dark spot? Is that a shadow? You know, and if you have something where it picks it up as like a dark shadow, it will then become very blocky and not look actually very clear to your viewers. And again, audio is the most important part, but, you know, having good quality video stream is also important. And that obviously starts with having good lighting. So Jim, let's keep going. We talked about the importance of having proper lighting in terms of your live video etiquette. What's next? So the next thing we want to think about is what we've got going on in preparation as far as we have to review our materials and we want to make sure that we're asking good questions. This is extremely important because if we're not ready, then people are just not going to, you know, we're not going to have a good show. So let's talk, you know, let's talk about that. Like, are there certain things you do as far as preparing for a show? I mean, obviously, like we talked about having, you know, in this case, like every show we do, we put into a spreadsheet that we can easily track and reference, but are there any other things you do to prepare for a show? 
Yes. I, I always, first of all, I'll talk to the guests and say, are there specific questions you'd like us to ask about the topic? And then the other thing would be, are there actually, uh, you know, I have some questions I'd like to ask you, but I want to make sure that the guest is comfortable with that because we don't want to make them uncomfortable. So I think that's one of the key things as well is what questions are they get, do they want asked, right? You want their input, right? They're the mm-hmm. guest. And then yeah. also you may have some things you want to specifically talk about. Fantastic. So, you know, in addition to obviously lighting and preparing your material, let's keep going because I think we have a lengthy list, but what are some other things people should do uh, to practice proper live streaming etiquette? So we also want to make sure that we're keeping a clean on-screen appearance, thinking about what's going to be on camera behind us. This kind of goes back to the background thing. And why, why don't you tell folks some of that stuff? So, you know, keeping a clean appearance it doesn't just apply to being on camera. So for example, making sure that, you know, Hey, I did take a shower. I brushed my hair. I have a clean outfit on, you know, it's all about how you want to be perceived by your audience. You know, yes, you can wear a t-shirt and jeans and be on camera, but if that's the type of audience you're going after, like, yes, that works. But for example, if you're, you know, let's say you're going to be uh, doing a live show to real estate agents, you want to make sure that you're dressed for the part, you know, so make sure that your appearance on screen obviously looks good, you know, and that applies to the background. It applies to you being camera ready, but it also even applies to if you're going to do any sort of screen sharing as well. And what I mean by that is, you know, when I go to share my screen, if my desktop, for example, is full of, you know, just icons after icons, or I've got some of my work that I'm working on visible, and maybe I don't want people to see that, you know, it it does also kind of give people uh, a bit of an indication of the type of person that you are. Now, uh, just to say, you guys, here's a quick tip for you. If you do want to do any sort of like, say, a screen recording where you're sharing your screen and then you're also in a separate camera feed using like a dual camera, um, one tool that I actually use for this, it's called Parallels Toolbox. We'll drop a link to this in the show notes, but this is a fantastic tool because it has some really cool features built into it. And one of those in particular is the ability to hide your desktop. So to hide the icons, for example, that are on your desktop, you can easily do that by tapping on one button. Now, in addition to that, it also does things like turning on the uh, do not disturb feature, uh, also muting your microphone, helping you convert videos. It's basically an all-in-one, one-stop shop for uh, helping you maintain a clean appearance during your live videos. So Jim, anything else you want to add on the topic of keeping a clean on-screen appearance? No, I think you I think you've hit all of them, but let's talk about how we make sure we provide a quality feed. And yes. we have to make sure you may not think, you know, you'll hear some people say, Oh, you keep your computer on all the time. But you really want to make sure you restart your computer before every time you go live mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons. And Christian, you're really good at the technical stuff. Why don't you talk specifically about when, why we want to restart our computer and also about testing our internet speed. Okay, so let's talk about why you want to restart your computer. So your internet, you know, if you're constantly like leaving the computer on, you don't ever recycle the machine, you know, as you open and close things, you're using a browser, you might have 
20 tabs open at once, you know, and here's what's going to happen. When you start that live stream, if you are the person broadcasting from that, that stream, it's going to actually, uh, it's going to be very slow eventually because your system only has so many resources available. And so a couple things that we like to do. So for example, if we have a whole bunch of tabs open, we either go into the bookmark feature and bookmark all the tabs, or we use a tool, it's called one tab. And that will basically bookmark every single window that you have open. So if I have one window with 10 tabs and another one with 20 tabs, if I hit one tab, it will basically consolidate them into one window and it'll actually free up resources. Now, the second thing is, you know, um, if I have all these tabs open, your computer does not always release your memory, your RAM. So things you need actually to run that live stream. So I always recommend restarting your machine before every single broadcast. It's just a, a smart way to ensure that you have, you know, enough or you get the most out of your system resources. Now, in addition to that, if you ever run tools such as Skype or Zoom or BlueJeans or any other tool that will access your webcam, they have a tendency sometimes to not release the resource. And so, for example, if you then go to broadcast using, say, StreamYard that we use, it might not see your webcam, even though you got your webcam plugged in and turned on. And so restarting it, it helps to release those resources and ensure that your broadcast starts up properly. Now, in addition to that, your internet speeds are crucial to a good quality live stream. So if you have good lighting, for example, you know, and you have a webcam, uh, your internet though is it's the pipe that brings in and sends out all of the video that you are sharing. Now, if you don't know what your internet speeds are, I'd recommend you go to speedtest.net. So log on, connect your Wi-Fi, and then go to speedtest.net. Uh, but this will basically give you your upload and your download speeds. Now, here's what's important. Download speeds are important if you're going to obviously download files and things like that. But upload speeds are more important if you are the one running the show. And a lot of times people, you know, they really don't know that because they think, well, hey, my, my internet company is giving me this, you know, massive download speed. But no, you know what? If you're running the show from your machine, you need to have the ability to upload that data as fast as possible. So freeing up all those resources, minimizing the number of tabs you have open, closing all applications, all that stuff is crucial to improving the quality of your live stream. Because if you keep all that stuff open, here's what's going to happen. Your system is going to get slow. You're going to be trying to talk to somebody and the live video is going to be stuttering. So there's lots of things that can go wrong when you start a live show. And the last part I think that's also important obviously, uh, to making sure that you provide a quality feed is if you can, and you're going to hear us say this again, we said it with headphones, but plug in your computer into your router. If you can, that's going to give you a constant connection depending on, you know, where you're broadcasting from. Sometimes people put their router in the living room and Hey, they're in the, you know, second or third floor they're not necessarily going to get a you know strong signal that way. So be near your router or run a hardwired cable. It may require having an adapter depending on the machine. So those are some ways to provide a quality feed to your viewers because again, they want to not just like, they want to be able to hear you, but they also want to be able to see you because it's live video. So Jim, where do we go next? 
So let's talk about minimizing distractions because before you go live, you want to make sure that you don't have a lot of noises, sounds, people. You know, maybe you've got your your dog, your kids, mm-hmm. your your significant other uh, wandering around, and so you need to, you know, even sometimes maybe you get a sign and put it outside your studio that you're on air so that people realize they need to be quiet because depending on your microphone type, sometimes those noises that aren't within view of your camera will mm-hmm. actually get picked up on to your show. And so you want to minimize that. And, and also you want to turn off your notifications on your computer because sometimes people have those on. People will start hearing dings, et cetera, like that. If you've got a cell phone, unless you're using it specifically to say maybe be checking another stream, which you're going to want to tell people that so they don't that you're not interested, you you may want to make sure you put that on do not disturb as well. I mean, those are those are some of the things because remember, it's a it's supposed to be focused on the guest and your audience, not on all these distractions. Yeah. So I think that's a really important point, you know, about minimizing distractions, you know, a making sure that people know that you're going to be going live. For example, whenever I'm about to go live, I make sure I tell people, Hey, you know, I'm going to be unavailable for the next one hour. If, for example, if I'm in a physical house, I tell them, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm not available for the next hour. I try to shut my office door. Um, in addition to that though, as you mentioned, the do not disturb option is crucial that you turn that on because you know, if you have, for example, Facebook Messenger up and somebody's messaging you, it's not just, oh, hey, I need to go message that person, but it's distracting during your live video if somebody's listening and they're hearing all these notifications. And they might even actually get distracted and go check their notifications to think it's their own. Um, for example, you know, like if you want to turn these on, a couple of things I use. So, for example, I use, again, the Parallels Toolbox that has the ability to work with the do not disturb feature. So you can quickly just tap that or assign a keyboard shortcut. If you're on a Mac, if you actually click on, there's a icon in the top corner of your Mac, it's basically three bars stacked on top of one another. Usually it's in the top right corner. You know, if you go there, there is an option to turn on do not disturb, but I'll give you a little tip here. If you option and click on that icon, it turns the do not disturb on and off for you. So uh, definitely some things to pay attention to, obviously minimizing distractions. Again, also if you have pets or you have kids, make sure you know as well that you occupy them for example, maybe you send somebody to take them out for a walk uh, while you are doing your live show or you're streaming your live video, again, to minimize distractions. And yes, we realize they do happen, but you shouldn't make sure that they happen too often on camera. So, Jem, we've talked about quite a few ways to provide good quality live video etiquette. Uh, let's keep going because I know we have a few more we want to make sure we get through. What's next? Right. The next thing is we want to respect people's time. If you're going to have a, you know, a half hour show, uh-huh. make sure it's a half hour show. Make sure you start on time. The other thing is if you're not careful, a lot of these scheduling programs, if you don't go live within a certain window, it's usually 10 minutes. I know for Facebook, your broadcast will get canceled by the pro- platform you're, you're looking to go live on. So yeah. if you're having issues, Put a message out or something. Uh, re, you know, tell people you're going to restart your program. 
But you've also got to remember that your guests are expecting to be on for a specific amount of time. They've got other things going on. So just start on time, look to end on time. It, it, I think sometimes I think people are fine if you go over, especially if it's a good uh, show and you got a lot of quality content coming out. Yeah. But uh, you really want to look to have that show stay within a, a, a specific window of time. Definitely. And there's a couple of things you can actually do. So one of those is if you say, you know what, my broadcast is going to be 60 minutes. Like this is a setting expectations. So if somebody, for example, wants to tune into your broadcast and your broadcast is, and you say, Hey, it's going to be 60 minutes or it's going to be 30 minutes. And you go over that twice. So if it's 30 minutes and you go over by 30 minutes, so if it's 30 minutes, it ends up becoming 60, you know, that could actually, that a, it help you lose credibility with your audience. If you make that consistently happen. And so the things I always recommend, I mean, if it's 30 minutes, do your best to try to stick 30 minutes. If it's, you know, Oh, it's 30 minutes. And I go to 35, 35 is not so bad. You know, I go over by five minutes, but what you need to do as the producer of a live video show is you need to work to consolidate that and get that number down each week. And sometimes it's because, you know, Hey, I had too many topics or we rambled on, or we didn't maintain the flow of the show. Um, again, we don't expect you to get that right on the first time, but it is something you need to keep in mind when you are running a live video show. So, uh, in addition to that gem, so obviously respecting people's time, what else do people need to do to maintain proper live video etiquette? Don't wait for everyone to arrive when you hit that go live button. You've got to be ready to go. It's it's just like being a, a television producer. The show must go on. Don't sit there waiting to see if people are going to come into your audience. You're probably going to find that for the most part, you're going to get most of your people are going to watch the replay. Mm -hmm. So go live. Don't be looking for the sync between your live show and maybe if you're watching on another monitor, because there's actually usually always a slight delay. So don't fall for the delay thing of like, oh, I don't think I'm live yet. Your program is going to tell you that you're live. Listen to your program, not to your screen. Yeah. So I, I think that is a really important point. You know, as far as also, you know, not waiting for everyone to arrive, if you are doing a live show with a co-host, and a guest, here's what I always recommend doing. I always tell people to arrive at least 30 minutes beforehand, sometimes 15, but basically I say, hey, 30 minutes beforehand, we'll get you on, we'll prep you with some notes. Maybe we want to, like Gemini, for example, we always talk about the topics uh, beforehand to make sure we have them sequenced properly so we're both on the same page. Now, in addition to that, we make sure the guest is there because the guest is not always on our show or if it's their first time, we make sure that we brief them on how we run the show. And then we can also test the microphone and the audio and the lighting and so forth to help improve our live video show. Now, also, what's next, Jim? So we talked about you know not waiting for everyone to arrive. What right. else should people so do? So don't beg for subscribers. It's fine a couple times if you've got a, a, a channel or whatever to say, hey, we'd love for you to subscribe, share mm -hmm. our link with your friends and people that would be interested. Right. But don't continue do that you know once or twice maybe at the beginning or, or the end of the show uh -huh. you, you know some of these programs will let you run a ticker where maybe you do that a little bit more uh, i guess you could say silently don't make it a constant topic because that also then 
leads into another part of where you're coming across as being too salesy. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be salesy. That'll, I mean, unless it's a show specifically trying to sell something, you're really going to turn a lot of people off. People are here to enjoy a conversation. At least I think that's what you and I have tended to find. Definitely. So let's talk a bit about not begging for subscribers. So, you know, as you mentioned, I mean, it's okay to remind people to subscribe, but you don't need to do it every five to 10 minutes of your broadcast. Maybe at the beginning, you thank people for joining. You then ask them, you know, hey, if you want to make sure you get notified for future updates to have them click the subscribe button and that notification bell, like if it's YouTube. And then at the end, you could also remind them as well. But again, it's not it should not be the primary focus of your live video show, you know, and that gets us to the next point, which is also, you know, avoiding being too salesy. Again, you don't need to pitch people on your live video all of the time. Some people go there, they go there for the conversation. They go there for the information. You know, if you watch any good quality live stream or live video show, they're not constantly selling people there. For instance, maybe, Maybe they want you to get on their email list, for example. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that if you have a plug for it at certain points in your live video, but it does not need to be something that you're always doing throughout the show. So you can do it a few times, but don't do it for you know, the majority of the broadcast. And as Jim mentioned, I mean, there's lots of smart ways that you can do that in your live broadcast. One of those is like if you're using StreamYard, they have a banner option. So if somebody brings up the banner, there's an option that says, make it a ticker to scroll along the bottom. And so it will actually scroll along the bottom with the information that you put in. Okay. So obviously don't beg for subscribers. Don't be too salesy. I know we have a couple more here, Jem. Uh, what else do people need to do to practice proper live video etiquette. And I know these last couple we talked about are actually during your broadcast. So what's next? Right. Don't, don't be tagging too many people. Okay. Uh, you know, you, you can drop people's names in there to try to get people to come watch your show, but that, that tends to get spammy mm -hmm. and, and people may not appreciate the fact that you're tagging them in your show. Um, that's kind of a quick one. The, the bigger thing I think is we want to acknowledge our guests, right? We want to build right. rapport we want to, you know, it, people love people to talk about them. Exactly. So talk about your guests, build them up, make them feel good. That's why you brought them on. That's what's going to get other guests excited about being on your show. I mean, what you got anything to add to that? Actually, yeah. The one thing I want to add is that uh, tagging and acknowledging actually can go hand in hand. So if you are the person that is running the live show, you don't necessarily want to tag too many people. For example, when we run our show, you know, we tag a handful of people. We tag basically our co-host and our guest or any guests that we have on. And then what we do during the show is we make sure we acknowledge the other people that are tuning in. So that way people feel valued. Now, then what we do is we encourage them to do some of the tagging. So for example, if we want people to invite their friends, we might say something to the effect of, Thanks a lot for joining us on this week's episode. You know, if you would like to bring a friend along in the comments, please feel free to tag your friend so that they can join the broadcast. Something very simple. And this doesn't come across as, oh, the broadcaster is the one doing the tagging. It's actually encouraging the viewer to do some tagging and to bring the people they think would be good for that broadcast. So tagging, acknowledging guests, 
Another topic I want to talk about real quick, by the way, uh, is maintaining good body language. So Jim, what does this mean during a live video show? So unless you have just put the person speaking on screen solo, mm -hmm. everybody's watching everyone. So you want to make sure that you're continuing to eye contact with the camera because that makes it look like you have eye contact with your guest. Smile. Be aware of your facial expressions. Like if you're rolling your eyes or mm -hmm. things of that nature, everyone's going to see that. So you have to be very cognizant of your body language because that's going to, you know, also be expressing your professionalism. Right. You know, you now, if you're going to have to look away from the camera, mm -hmm. tricks for that are right, bring the guest as a solo view or just let people know, like, you know, from time to time, I'm going to be checking the comments on another thing so they know that you're looking and it's more of a producer function as opposed to them thinking, Oh, well, J you know, Jim or uh, Christian's not very interested in what's going on right, right. now because they're not paying attention. So, yeah, I, th I think that's actually a really important point to make, you know, is obviously, you know, maintaining that good uh, body language and that includes making good eye contact. So even though you can't see somebody on the broadcast, and we talked about this actually on the last episode where we talked about overcoming the fear of being on camera, but you know, practice like you are practice beforehand like you are talking to the studio studio audience like they're right there in front of you you know and try to maintain that good eye contact and if you're not sure how to do that i mean you could put your for instance if your webcam is like really low and you have to look down on it maybe what you need to do is you need to raise your webcam up so that you are looking directly into it um, I think that is actually really important to do. Obviously, making sure you smile while you're on camera. You know, make sure you seem interested. Again, I mean, if it's a topic that interests you and hopefully you've built a live show or you're going to build a live show around something that you are passionate about and you actually know and you're very knowledgeable of, uh, you know, all of this helps to, I don't want to say sell your live show, but it helps to um, get people you know, to want to tune into your show. And also I think having some personality is really important too, as far as having, you know, a good and live show as well. So making sure you have good rapport, for example, uh, this gets to our next point, you know, like watching what you say. So everything you do on live video, it's out there on the internet. I mean, it doesn't matter if you delete it at some point, somebody could have easily downloaded it. They could have screenshotted it. Who knows? And so you want to make sure that what you, you know, it's not saying, well, hey, I need to stifle my views, but you have to look at, you know, like what, what material you're putting out there, you know, to your audience and then how that is going to impact you. So Jim, do you have anything you want to add on that part about watching what you say on a live broadcast? No, I think, I think you hit the key points, uh, but, but I think uh, along with watching what you say, the, the, really the next thing is, don't dominate the conversation, mm -hmm. right? A great show has a good balance of everyone getting a chance to share their views. And if you're doing an interview format, people are not there for you to show that you're smarter than your guest. Yes. They really want to learn from your guest. So keep your comments brief. If anything, use the opportunity of your comments as the show host to either ask an, a new question, get something to be expounded upon, by your guest, or just show maybe some things that weren't brought up or forgotten in, in from pre-show conversation, but you want to make it a conversation and not a lecture. 
definitely, you know, and that's also where if you get a lot of people to comment during your live show, you know, that can also help lessen the burden of feeling like you have to dominate the conversation. Like, oh, great, you have a live show. But again, if you invite somebody on, you make sure that you give them, you know, some time to actually be on the broadcast and to share their knowledge as well. Because again, you invited somebody on, so they're taking their time to come help you out. So don't make it about yourself. It's about your guest. So, you know, A, make sure you keep the comments brief. So if you are going to, like, if you're asking a question, you've got, you've practiced and you've got your, you know, 30 second elevator pitch ready, or you've got your responses ready. Now, in addition to that, obviously making sure you don't interrupt people as well. So, you know, that's where like, as the producer, you want to make sure you pay attention to who all is on camera. So I'll give you an example. Like right now, Jim and I are recording this podcast and we actually have a live video stream up to where we're able to look at one another and signal and so forth. Because again, if I'm just hearing him and I'm not actually able to see him, it does make it hard to, you know, keep the continuity of that show. So make sure you don't dominate the conversation. So Jim, I know, I think we're at the last uh, live video etiquette tip that we want to share with people. What is that tip? It's the same thing we want to do for our guests today that are listening to us on this podcast. Thank people for their time. They've been kind enough, just as our audience here today has been well has been for taking the time to listen to what you wanted to provide to them in the way of content and guest. Thank your guest for coming on and, and for sharing their knowledge and asking them also what are ways that people can connect with them because you're helping them to build their audience and you know kind of comes full circle at some point someone's going to ask you possibly to be on a show and you'd like them to do the same. So treat people the way you would want to be treated. Thank them for their time. Just like we want to thank everyone today for their time. So there you have it. We have come up with 17 live video etiquette tips to help you, you know, A, improve the quality of your broadcast, but also to help you build rapport with your guest. And also if you have a co-host or you know, your audience that's tuning in, you know, helping you build your relationship with them. You know, if you could think of any other tips that we left out and we thought we covered all of them, but chances are we didn't get everything, you know, feel free to head to launchyour.live forward slash EP7. That'll get you access to the show notes. So you have all the tools that we talked about as well during this episode. Uh, but Gemini, we'll see you next week. Thanks a lot for tuning in. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Launch Your Live podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Also, visit launchyour.live for more resources based on today's topic, as well as access to even more episodes that will help you level up your live videos. That's launchyour.live. So until next time, keep going live.